Hi, this is Frugal Forever. This is a podcast about money. My name's Katie Cunningham. That's Josie Parsons. And today we're talking about our new financial year resolutions because new financial year is probably almost here by the time you're listening to this episode. Yeah. And I feel like it's a good idea to make financial resolutions for the like calendar year, but there's something about the new financial year that just makes more sense to... (laughs) Like it does. Yes, it makes a lot more sense. Yeah, because you do your tax and stuff. And I've never done it that way. So I just feel like, yeah, I'm excited to do it. So, Josie, have you made an appointment to do your tax already this year? No. No, I haven't. Um, I don't know why I sung that. (laughs) Would you like to know when I made my appointment? When? January. Oh, my God. Yeah. But you're with that guy, aren't you, that? Yeah, I'm with this guy called Saul at a place called In The Picture. If you're in Sydney and you work in media or arts, he's your guy. Hot tip. Um, yeah, and I didn't want to have to wait, so I just booked it really early. So I'd have my ideal slot. So 23rd of July, I'm going to the accountant. That's like on the money. Mm, yeah. Um, I'm really worried about my tax, honestly, because I've had three jobs this financial year. Mm. Three like full-time jobs, as well as the freelancing I've been doing. So I just feel like it's going to be a fucking mess. But um, let me tell you, as a freelancer, you have nothing to worry about. Like really? Because you literally have a job that pays your taxes for you, so everything's taken care of. But I might have to pay more tax because I've been making. I reckon I've probably made like three grand in freelancing. No, you won't. Really? No, I have. So when I worked full time and I freelanced on the side, I always made like between three and five grand a year freelancing. I never paid extra in tax because oh. I had a good accountant. And so just like by the time he did all the deductions and whatever, it was like I'd get like $100 back or something. But yeah, I never paid extra. So don't worry about it. Do you think that someone from H&R Block will be able to <laughs> sort this no, out Josie, for me? make an appointment with Saul. No, because I won't be able to get in until like November. Just email them now. You don't even know that. Also, he scares me. Why? I don't know. I just hear people talking about him. I just feel like it's a lot. He's larger than life. So the man, the myth, the legend. Yeah, see? Um, but there are other agents of that branch. Anyway, this isn't an ad for oh, sorry. the <laughs> <laughs> But like you should... Look, I don't know. I don't want to talk shit on H&R Block. Maybe they're great for all I know. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't personally. Yeah. Um, you know, you? For, for the past five years, I've been doing my own tax. Mm. No, don't do that. <laughs> I know. Because I've been getting like hardly any back and I, it actually doesn't make sense how little I've been getting back. So I've been doing something wrong. Another reason I'm scared to go to an accountant. Katie. Yeah. Do you want to start with your financial <laughs> resolution? Yes, Josephine. I'd love to. So I've made a bunch. So this is a big financial year for me because it'll be my first financial year as a freelancer for the whole year if I do keep freelancing the whole year, which I hope I do. Very exciting. Unless like the most amazing job ever gets offered to me. I probably still will be freelancing in a year's time. So I actually need to do things properly. Like, whereas this year I haven't paid myself any super, haven't like put aside any money for tax, haven't like thought about any kind of financial planning just because I was like, I don't know, my life's in flux. Like, I don't know what's happening. Like, I can't plan for it. But now it's like, okay, no more excuses. Got to actually do things properly. Um, So my first financial... New Year's resolution is to see a financial planner. What? Mm-hmm. Wow. So I can explain. Yeah, please. So my friend, um, who I won't name, <laughs> my friend uh, has a small business and I had coffee with her the other day and she was saying that she saw a financial planner and it was like $500 for the session and this guy basically like just told her everything to do. Like, you know, this is what you're doing wrong with your taxes and like do this blah 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 and also gave her advice like okay if you want to own a house in x amount of years then you need to get some kind of financial backing for your company because you're going to work yourself into the ground if you're trying to actually do enough work yourself to make that much money like you need investors and stuff so that it takes the pressure off like just all kinds of like big picture planning stuff for her and so I kind of I'm like yeah $500 to have someone tell me what to do seems like a good investment. That's a really good, fucking good idea. And even just to ask like about super stuff. Yeah. Because all I do 
not all I do, but like a thing I do a lot in my life is stress about super and just go on those online calculators such as the one you posted in the frugal group the other day <laughs> yeah and work out how much super i'll have when i retire and it's like it's like your super will last you five years and then it just you're on the pension for the rest of your life until you die do you know your number just yeah, as a side note i've got like 44 grand in super oh right now yeah but i meant what will you retire with oh i don't know i does see that's the thing i don't understand it's just like i put in my balance my age my income not that i know what my income is now anyway and it just spits out this thing that's like oh you'll have 45 grand a year to live off for a few years and then you're on the pension and you'll have like another two grand until you die yeah it's fucked God, it's like how many bleak. years can i afford to stay alive for yeah so anyway i just want a financial planner to tell me how much super i actually should have at this age just like demystify the whole thing for me because it doesn't make any sense to me at the moment yeah um that's such a good idea yeah and just tell me like just have one session so he can be like okay you're freelance like you need to be doing this this and this i don't know i don't know what i don't know so pay someone to tell me and then you can come on the podcast and tell us all about it yeah because i'm really curious and also every time i talk to my mum, she's like go to a financial planner and really real broken records so if i can just get her to stop telling me that i just worth the money i just feel like like a financial planner just seems like the most obvious answer but one I would never ever consider yeah I mean listen I have to actually follow through on that now and actually pay the $500 but we'll see but also I will see how I go with my tax this year and like what my accountant says and well he's not my accountant my tax agent what my tax agent says and yeah how that looks and I don't know then decide if I need to do it right now or if it can wait another six months or whatever. Yeah, but that's yeah. a good goal for the year. Yeah. It's awesome. What's number two? Um, contribute to my super. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I haven't – okay. So I haven't contributed to my super, like, since I've been freelance, but I have got some super this year because I have been getting some pay, P-A-Y-G salary from – this job I've been doing and from my last junkie payslip before I left. So basically I have had a bit of super going this year, but not enough. But next year it's like next financial year, I won't have any going in unless I actually make voluntary contributions myself. So I actually need to do that. And I also need to obviously set aside money to pay tax with. And again, the reason I've kind of got away this financial year with not doing that is because I've had, this like PAYG salary as well that I've been paying taxes. So I'm kind of like, I did some basic maths a while ago and I was like, yeah, I think I'm okay to not have to like set aside money for tax this year. But anyway, so I was like, okay, how much do I need to set aside for my tax and my super? And I looked up the tax rates. So if you earn between 37K and 90K, the tax rate is 32.5%. <gasps> I know. And you're meant to pay yourself like at least like 10% super. So basically I need to be at least setting aside like 40% of every invoice. Holy shit. For tax and super, which is like That's, suddenly my income just halved. I am shocked. I know. But then, and then it's like, what about savings, rent? Mm-hmm. Holy shit. I know. I mean, the thing is you pay that much tax now. It's just like, you don't see that money. So yeah. it doesn't exist to you. And I guess the good thing about having a job is your employer pays your super. So you never think about it. That's on top of your salary. My super is out of my, like... All these conversations I had with Brody when we did our freelance episode, I'm like, oh, yeah, like me getting $500 for an article isn't me getting $500 for an article. It's me no. getting like 300 whatever the maths is. And, you but know, like, the when, rest is just tax. And shit. Yeah. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. So are you going to like, are you going to calculate weekly or are you just going to calculate out of each invoice and put that aside? Well, I think ideally each invoice I transfer 40% of it to a different bank account. So I have this other bank account with like Bank West or something that I never use that's like separate to my day-to-day stuff. So I could transfer it to that. Um, but I mean, it's like also realistically, am I going to transfer 40% of every invoice? Like an invoice is going to land and I'm going to need the money and I'm just going to be like, no, sorry, I can't transfer 40% of this one, you know. Oh, I'm stressed for you. Yeah. So that's um, unpleasant to think about. But yeah. like, yeah, need to do it properly. But at least you are thinking about it and doing it rather than just 
like being willfully blind and then getting fucked with a tax bill at tax time. Mm-hmm. Like at least you're doing something about it. Yeah. Um, so again, watch this space. Let's hope I actually do that. My next financial resolution, and you kind of know this because I already told you already, <laughs> is um, I'm going to invest in art this year. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. So me and Josie and a friend of ours, Osmond Faruqi, were in a car the other day having a conversation about how we should buy art from these people who, like, like friends of ours or people we know who are incredible artists who are probably going to get really famous and then their art will be worth heaps of money. And it's like, that's just like a cool investment. Fuck yeah, it is. Yeah. It's like a perfect thing to spend money on. Yeah. Because... A, either it appreciates in value and then, fuck yeah, you've just, like, made all this money. Or B, it doesn't and you've still got a piece of art that your friend made that is great to look at and, like, brings you joy. Or, like, even if you do need to sell it down the line, it's, like, it still looks fucking good. So someone's still going to pay money for something that looks good. Yeah. And another friend of ours, Amelia Marshall, who was also on this podcast, I remember said, like, to me once well just because I can't afford to buy a house doesn't mean I can't invest my money in other ways and art is a another way to invest money and it's also a way to invest money that like I actually understand as opposed to like stocks and bonds where it's just like you're speaking another language to me it's like no I get well you know I'm not like some art historian but I get art enough to buy something you know and like well you know your instincts and you know what you like yeah 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 um Although Amelia did buy a house. She so. did just buy a house, yeah. <laughs> wow. I, <don't> know. <laughs> I feel betrayed. No. Um, yeah, no, that's such a good idea. We've got to go to, like, galleries and stuff together. Yeah. <laughs> you can't buy the ones that are at galleries, though. Like, oh. Art Gallery in New South Wales. I already own Wait. them. <laughs> They're not for sale. Wait, what? <laughs> no, I know that. Okay, fine. Like, gallery. what are galleries called where you can buy stuff? Shops? <laughs> I, I feel mean, like such a fucking moron. But like, no people like. Isn't it people still called have, a gallery? Yeah, no, it is. It is. No, yeah, I was just roasting you. Okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I, well, there you go. Let's go to the MCA and buy some art. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so my next financial resolution um, is buy a nice handbag. Josie's mm, mm. investment. Uh, is it what yeah. kind of handbag? Just like a black leather handbag. From like where? Well. I really wanted this, this brand called like Monsieur Gavrel or something. I don't know how you say it. This handbag from them that's like $800, but my friend has it. And she's like, no, you can't buy it because she has it already. Aww. So that's really annoying. Um, but I don't know, something less expensive than that. Oh, okay. That's all right. Yeah. Okay. To be clear, I'm not even going to buy an $800 handbag now. Like if I buy a handbag now, it'll be like a $200 handbag. But my current oh. handbag is, like, from an op shop, like, 10 years ago. And I just really need one that doesn't look like trash. Yours doesn't look like, look like trash. I don't even know if you know what bag I'm talking about. I do. I can picture it in my head the right now. The black one I take everywhere? Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> yeah, because I already have one. Anyway. No, you deserve, well, you deserve a new one if you've had it for that long. Yeah. And yeah. it's just, like, part of my thing of I only want to spend, like, money on clothes and stuff in that category if it's like investment pieces like I'm not buying fast fashion shit yeah like I just want to buy things that are going to last me forever yeah mm. and then if you buy one that's simple yeah that mm. will last you forever mm. that's a, okay that's a cool idea I like that um okay my next resolution is to find some kind of like I don't know retainer income or like passive income stream like just some kind of income I basically want my rent covered every month without having to find the work for it every month if that makes sense well yeah that does make sense but the how yeah I don't know like just something like finding someone to do social media for or something and be like oh okay, yeah, cool. yeah yeah I'll charge you $1,500 a month for that or whatever it is just yeah just like some kind of steady ongoing thing that I can count on for like peace of mind yeah that's cool I like that um I want to have a 10 grand savings buffer in my account because I don't know 
like freelancing's great, love it, but it does make you realize when you have a job, you can kind of like get away with not having savings as much because yeah. you always know that you have a like you paycheck coming and if you don't then they have to pay to make you redundant or whatever whereas with freelancing it's like well I could literally just stop getting work and then how would I pay my way so 10 grand is like three months of life for me so that's just like a good safety net to have and then if I have more than 10 grand then I can like go on holidays or do other things with that money but 10 grand is like going to be the base level so do you think you're not going to go on holidays until you get that 10 grand mm-hmm. Uh, no comment. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Like I'm, like, you know, I like money and stuff, but I also like living life. So I can't make Preach, sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. My next one inspired by Brody on our freelancing episode is to keep my receipts. Oh, so she said that she has like a diary or a box or something I can't remember where she puts all her receipts in whenever she buys something that's like work related so you know if she like gets a taxi for work or whatever the fuck she puts the receipt in that thing so then when it's tax time she's got all her receipts for everything she wants to claim and at the moment like I've kind of like I know what I want to claim and some of the things it's like I might have receipts in my email or whatever but I don't have them all in one place and so if I actually got audited I don't know like it'd just be a bit of a shit show trying to like prove all that stuff so this year I need to actually just keep my receipts yeah um small one but you know no that's a it matters a really good one yeah Yeah. um and my last one is change super funds question mark or at least investigate a better one so I think I've said this before on the podcast Mm. I just had the super fund that I got when I was a teenager working in retail and I'm not saying it's bad. I don't know. Like, I haven't compared it to other funds. So I need to figure out, like, if I am playing myself in this fund and I could be getting better money somewhere else, I need to change. Or, like, I at least need to investigate. If it's, like, if I'm doing fine, then cool, that's fine. I'll just stick with this fund. But I need to, like, look into it. Yeah. I mean, I definitely think you should invest with an ethical super fund Ooh. and – here we go, Little Miss Perfect. I mean, I just, I just really passionately feel that one, like someone commented on the Facebook group saying that if you change your super to an ethical super fund, that's one of the best things you can do for the planet. So like tick, awesome. But also like clean energy and like renewables and stuff, like it's only going to get bigger. Like mm. it has to, the, the only way we have to go is like or we all just die or we like but we but there's gonna get to a crisis point where we're like going to invest very heavily in that stuff yeah like that it just has to happen but see this stuff i just don't even understand like super funds investing in different things i'm like okay what like yeah so what does your super fund invest in well i don't well at the ethical because i just changed over to australian ethical super and i was with uni super mm-hmm. and uni super i know was investing in like because i looked one time and i was like oh my god and it was just all like coal mines and like banks and companies and stuff and like ba- like bad companies but it had one of the best return rates of all supers mm. um but so australian ethical super yeah it, it invests in like renewable energy companies and whatever. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. I don't know that much, but I do know that my old one was evil and my new one is not evil. Mm, that's nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll do it, Katie. Watch this space. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll keep you posted. Okay, please. Hmm. Also, let me know because I've got a referral link and I can get a free keep cup if you use my referral link. To you really already have super. a keep cup. Yeah, but then I can get one and then give it to friends who don't have them, like you. Mm, I'm, ne- I, I'm just not going to bother with that. I'd rather just buy a keep cup, but I'm not going to buy a keep cup either. <laughs> Katie, <laughs> buy a fucking keep cup. I know, but Josie, then you have to wash them. It's literally the b- most bare minimum effort to save the planet. Don't you get a coffee from the cafe every day? Mm-hmm. And you get it in a disposable cup every day. Uh-huh. That is... <laughs> That boils my fucking blood. Are you kidding? Josie, my fucking coffee cups aren't what's causing climate change. It's big business. But everybody thinks that their actions don't cause climate change. And that's why we're in this mess in the first place. Every little bit counts. Yeah, but my actions aren't Donald Trump's actions. Like, But your actions are important. (laughs) 
We're getting off topic. We're not. This is important. It's important to me. Please get a keep cup. No. If I buy you one, will you use it? Realistically, no. If I bu- <laughs> if I spend $30 of my own money spend- to buy you a keep cup, you wouldn't $30. use it? I'll try, but like, I'm just going to forget. What if I'm on the go and I need a coffee? Then gonna- that's why you keep it in your bag. How big do you think my bag is? You've seen it. We were just talking about well, it. We can get a smaller one. I have a large coffee. Oh, okay. Well, just just do it. Like, it's not that hard. I do it. It's, like, literally the easiest thing ever. Anyway, uh, Josie, what are your financial New Year's resolutions? I'm literally just shaking with anger. I mean, you shouldn't be. We've already had this mm-hmm. argument so many times. I know, but I thought you just said off air before we started recording <laughs> that over the last three days you've become interested in the environment for the first time in the history of our friendship, and I just thought maybe you've changed your tune. Yeah. Um, more like I'm just have been thinking a lot about how society will crumble, like not thinking I need to use a keep cup. Well, the first step and I really to society not crumbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll talk about this more off air. Anyway, my financial goals for the financial year 19 slash 20. So the same as you, I also want $10,000 in mm. savings. How much do you have now? So... I've got two savings accounts. I've got my short-term savings, and right now I've got $2,000 in there. Mm-hmm. And then my long-term savings, I've got $2,260 in long-term. So you want 10000 total or 10000 in one of those accounts? 10000 in my long-term. Yeah, that's um, it's a steep increase. <laughs> I know, but I... So by the end of the year, oh, I'll go into it in the rest of my financial goals. So my other financial goal is to like have enough to go to the Philippines for two weeks at the end of the year. So Alex and I are going on a holiday, which is like, Ooh, yeah, it's like, you guys never go on holidays. I know. Like it's, I've never known you to go on a holiday the whole time I've known you. Well, I'm going to go. I'm going to jet set off. It's very exciting. Um, so we're going to buy our flights like any day now. And they're like a thousand dollars, which I've got cause I've got $2,000 in that short term account. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I also want like $1,500 spending money mm. at least and then probably like more in accommodation. I haven't really sorted out the nuts and bolts of that. But I just feel like if I've got – because I'm putting most of my savings towards short term, but if once I've gone on the holiday and stuff, I won't have that mu- – I won't need as much in my short term. So I will just put it more into my long term, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, at the moment I put two hundred and fifty dollars a month into my short into my long term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'll just be putting more, mm-hmm. or I'll try to. So that's the goal. Because ten thousand for me is also three months living. Yeah, yeah. Um, but also just because, like you know, regular stuff, buying a house, etc. I also want to find another income stream, mm. not passive income, but so currently I've got my full time job, obviously, mm-hmm. and I've got freelance articles that I do but I'd love something else possibly someone sponsoring this podcast or brands at us (laughs) brands come on or just like I don't know I just like to find another way even if it's like dog walking in my spare time yeah seriously yeah Yeah. because you know like why not like sometimes I just think like I'm just sitting at home why don't I just like monetize that totally yeah like I'm thinking about Lil Flex Mummy and I yeah talking about working in retail while she had a fucking full-time job I know so she really inspired me to be like what else am I what else can I do to like go a bit further even if it's like not writing freelance articles it's like freelance it's more like freelance copywriting or freelance social media or something Mm -hmm. like trying to build like my freelance business outside of full-time work so that's a goal um and those are kind of it I know you're serious. Have, yeah, I know you have heaps, but <laughs> well, I don't know what else. Okay, well that's fine. I'm a simple gal. Mm, I just yeah. want ten thousand dollars in savings and like more coming in. Yeah. Okay. Well. Cool. Yeah. Well, your your finances are simpler than mine because you have a job. Yeah. Like you don't have to be like note to self pay super. So yeah. I'm already paying you super. Yeah. Oh, and I also this isn't on my list of goals, but just generally. I want to look at changing my bank account to an ethical bank account too. I know it's really annoying, but like, man, I'm breaking out in hives over here thinking about the world ending. (laughs) 
So I'm really considering Bank Australia. I'm currently with ING and Ubank. So we'll see. Why? So what? Why is Bank of Australia so ethical? Bank Australia. Well, they're the same. They don't invest in anything, any fossil fuels or anything unethical. Right. Because, like, if these super companies or banks are investing in like fossil fuels, then the fossil fuels companies can exist. But if mm. no one's investing in them, they can't exist, right? It's mm. so like you. But wouldn't they make money from the fuel? <laughs> like they don't need investors. Well, uh, I just don't really understand economics, but like they need a they need money to to exist, right? Ugh, I I don't really know. Fuck, we need like an economist. All right, Josie, what's your money content for the week? So my money content of the week, um, it's a bit weird, but it's from metro.co.uk, which I feel like is maybe a tabloid in the UK. Yeah, that's like the trashest trash that ever trashed. Well, here's some trash for <laughs> you. Um, the headline is, what's your money personality? Finding out is the first step to sorting your finances. Ooh, what is my money personality? Well, so it goes, the, I mean, it's pretty nothing article, but it points, there's this like tool online. You have to pay for it. I didn't, but it's called the money habitude tool. And it says it identifies what your first thought is when faced with a situation relating to money. Mm. And then it will tell you like psychologically what profile you sit in. Mm. Um, so I, I didn't do the tool, like I said, but here are the different types. Do you want me to read them to you? Mm-hmm. There's six. So there's the spontaneous. So the spontaneous spender sees money as a means to enjoy the present. Mm-hmm. These people will get things done right away without waiting and are able to respond to opportunities as they arise. But then they're the type of people who find themselves in debt. Mm. Um, there's the planner. And so the planner sees money as a tool to help achieve their goals or accomplish something they've been planning. So they're intentional with their money, but they can feel uncomfortable in social situations or relationships when they feel pressured to spend money on things not aligned with their budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, there's the security. So money helps the security dominant personality to feel safe, secure and in control of your future. Um, so they're disciplined, but then by saving so much right now, are they really enjoying the present? Mm. And then there's the giver. So the giver for the giver, money makes them f- feel really good about themselves. So they possess strong values and they generously give to others and potentially sacrifice their own needs or future security. Um, oh my God, that's you. <laughs> you with your ethical super. <laughs> no, I actually don't think I am the giver. I mean... There are a lot of times when I do feel that I I get a lot of my self-worth from maybe doing things for others, but I don't think that my money type is the giver. Okay. Anyway, go on. Okay. And then there's the carefree. I think I'm a, I think I'm a carefree. And nothing about you is carefree. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> what? I'm a free spirit. How dare you? Um, for the carefree spender, money isn't a priority. They just make de- they make decisions just because without being concerned about the financial impact. Optimism that everything will work out is often seen in those with this dominant personality. You're shaking your head. I'm shaking my head because I'm like, nothing has ever been less me. Like, Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like, this is not you. Absolutely not. No, it's not you. So I personally think that um, I have shades of carefree. Oh, shit. I missed one. Sorry. And then there's the status as well. Uh-huh. So the status is for those whom status dominates and they get a buzz from what other people think. Uh-huh. And so like they're constantly keeping up with the Joneses, etc. Wow. So I think that I have, I'm carefree, but I'm also planning. So like this line where it's like they can feel uncomfortable in social situations or relationships when they feel pressured by others yeah. to spend money. Yeah. I feel like. When I'm, when I'm trying really hard to be good and then I'm confronted with a situation where I didn't plan for it, I'm really like, fuck. Yeah. But then a lot of the time, like I'll explain in my many nays, I, I just throw caution to the wind. But what do you think you are? Um, the first two, at least, can you just tell me what they were? I was like, in my head, I was like, yep, I'm the... Mm, okay. What were they? So there's the spontaneous... The spontaneous spender sees money as a means to yeah, enjoy the present. Absolutely, that's 100% me. Yeah. 
And then the planning is the one that I said. Yeah, and that's 100% me as well. Yeah. Like, I just feel like they're both me. Was there another one I thought I was? What was the third one? Well, there's security. Money helps the security dominant personality to feel safe, secure, and in control. I feel I mean, like that's you. Yeah, I feel like I have shades of that as well. Like, I feel like I'm all three. It's just like, it's like the id, the ego, and the superego. Like, which one is yeah. taking charge at any one moment? Like, when I was in debt, I was um, the first one where I was just living in the moment. And then when I was getting out of debt, I was like super the planner. And I was like, or whatever the one where it was like, don't make me spend money when I don't want to. Mm -hmm. And now it's like, I feel like I've got all three. But I'm definitely not the status one. That's hilarious. And I'm definitely not the carefree one that you said you are. Like, Do you think that maybe, what do you think you are day to day? The first one. Spontaneous. Yeah. Yeah. Not in a reckless way, though. No. But like, that's kind of why, like, I don't want to be sitting here defending my credit card, but like, that's kind of why, like, I have a credit card as well. It's just like, well, should the opportunity, like, I want to have the ability to do things and enjoy life and like, worry about it a little bit later if it's really worth it. Yeah. So like, I didn't do this, but like, <laughs> like a week ago, I was I decided I want to go to Dark Mofo and it's a notoriously expensive festival to go to because it's in fucking Hobart and it's just like really expensive. Um, and I was like, man, I got to go. I got to go. And so I looked up flights and accommodation and it was going to be like $1,200 just for two nights accommodation and to fly from Sydney to Hobart. Oh man. Which is like outrageous. But I also was like, like 40% of me was like, I'll just put on my credit card. Like, because I, as much as I sit here on this podcast and I'm like, you people are stupid with your money and like money's really important and blah, blah, blah. I'm also like, yeah, but you know what else is important? Fucking living life and going to dark mofo and having an amazing time. That is like your motto. Your yeah. motto is like, what's the point in life? What? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. I would say that is true for you. Mm-hmm. I liked how you said there was like to be three. I feel like if I'm three, I'm carefree giving. Oh, you're totally giving. You're a hundred percent giving. Planning. You're all like you are you are generous to a fault like you to your own detriment I mean I don't know about like, that like you need to be a bit less like if you were like a five percent less <laughs> of a good person you'd be so much better off instead you're so crippled by like guilt every second of every day <laughs> that you just like take my money I, it's fine I feel seen <laughs> I mean yeah yeah I'm not afflicted by that but then I really go like I go from one extreme to the other. Sometimes I'll be like, yes, take it all. And then other times I'm like, no. And I'm really just like, try to be stingy, like a, be a stingy bastard, you know? But I don't think you ever would. Like you would never be like a dick to any, like. No, yeah, if, if no. Any, if any friend came to you and was like, Josie, can I please borrow a hundred bucks? You'd be like, oh my God, of course. Oh, Even if yeah. you were like negative 50, you'd be like, no worries. Don't make, and no rush. Get it back to me whenever. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Yeah, but, like, anyone would do that. No, they wouldn't. Well, anyway. Well, that's my <laughs> oh, money content. Um, I feel that like- was good. You find great money content, Josie. Thank you. I'm going to post this in the Facebook group because I really want to know what other people mm. are. And I feel Definitely. like – I think people are at least two, but it would be cool to see if people, like, maybe yeah. what three they think they are. Yeah. But, yeah, what's yours? Okay, so my money content um, – it's actually old money content – but it's because because I was thinking of my financial New Year's resolutions and thinking about how I need to contribute to my super. And the reason that I'm like, I need to contribute to my super, even though it would be very easy to just be like, oh, I'm you know, maybe I'll just freelance for a year and I won't do it, is... So I read this article in 2017. So I'd say like the two things that set me on my journey as like a money person was A, when I got into debt, and B, when I read this article... Oh, so um, it's this article called "The Cost of Womanhood." It's by Jane Gilmore, and <gasps> I think I know the one you're talking about. Yeah, you probably. I probably sent it to you at the time because it literally shook me to my core and like fucking terrified me, and I literally lost sleep over it. So um, a friend of mine posted it in. We have this like feminist girls Facebook group that's just like from my my friends. Anyway, <laughs> she posted it in this group, and she was like. She was like, this is exactly my parents' situation. Like, do you guys relate? And it's basically this, like, 
hypothetical story of a couple who get together and when they're like in their early 20s, they're both in the workforce and earning, you know, similar amounts. The man is earning like 48 grand. The woman's earning 40 grand. So yeah, he's earning more, but it's not like, you know, it's not a huge difference at that time. And then basically just charts their lives. Um, And then, so they get married and they have a baby. And so the woman has to stay like, you know, stay out of, she goes on maternity leave, which means that um, her husband's still working and he gets promotions and she doesn't. And then, you know, once the baby's like a year old, they decide that she can't go back to work full time. She should work part time. And basically about how, basically about how taking time out of the workforce to raise children just kind of fucks up your career prospects massively, but also fucks up your super massively because if you're taking, if you're not working, you're not contributing to your super, your super balance isn't growing. Meanwhile, the, the man's super balance is growing. He's getting more experience. He's getting all these promotions. He's getting raises. Um, and then eventually they divorce as, you know, like a third of all married couples do. 50%. Okay, sure. ABS. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's, it's higher than you think. I mean, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> and he, it's like, even though, like he has to pay her some of his super and even though they split the house and all this stuff, she just ends up basically like on the fucking poverty line and he's totally set because oh, he's fuck. had all these years of experience in the workforce and so he's has good jobs, like he's fine for work, whereas she has been out of work for so long that the jobs she'd been doing are like admin level jobs. Yeah. She doesn't have much experience, she's been part time. And um I'll read you out like a couple of lines. It's hard to pick lines out of this article because, like, yeah. you kind of just need to read the whole thing. Um, so when they were both 42 and all the kids were in school, Mary got a casual job as a receptionist in a local medical center for 20 hours a week with no paid holiday days or sick leave. While her starting salary was $19,000, the same it had been 10 years before, John's salary increased to 150000 per year, plus bonuses and partnership equity. But this is no story. In fact, John and Mary, typical Australians, gendered roles and discrimination have a direct impact on women's livelihood. It impacts on the employment we're able to find, the wages we draw, job security, our level of superannuation, the unpaid labour expected from us. And then we're told anyone who works hard enough can avoid this. It's time we stop avoiding the real cost of being a woman. So yeah, I read that article and like, it just, like it paralysed me with fear and that it really made me think and I still think to this day that I just don't know if I can justify the risk and expense of having children. Like it's like, I just never want to be in that position. So like this story kind of ends with her, like, you know, in her sixties and renting and on the pension and, you know, I mean, it could be a lot worse. She could be homeless, but you know, it's just like, meanwhile, he's, you know, got like a $200,000 salary and totally fine. Anyway, it's just like that reading that made me realize how important super is. And yeah, it just fucking terrified me. And like I sent it to my mum, and I was like, does this, like my parents are still together together. And I was, but I was like, does this seem true to you? And she was like, yeah, like I would say that that's true of like my, my, friends who got divorced like all my female friends who got divorced that's pretty much the situation they're in and she was like you know I don't regret marrying your dad I don't regret having you kids but like would my career have been a lot better off if I didn't like yes of course it would I would have earned a lot more money and I think in the end yeah my my dad did end up earning more money than my mom just because he didn't have to take time out and um I remember my mom saying, like, when they, like, when me and my brother were little, they first, they were, both my parents were part-time, so they kind of, like, shared it 50-50, but then my mom was like, well, your dad never, like, fucking cleaned the house or, like, cooked anything or whatever, so I just got fed up and then told him to go back to work full-time, and then I, like, did everything because it just, you know, he just wasn't, like, doing that unpaid labour as well, which women just... We just do because... Just do, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's so fucking true. And then, like, when I was little, my brother got really sick and he was in hospital all the time. And so my mum just had to quit her job because oh, her child no. was, like, dying and she had to look after him. And, like, you know, I love my dad. I'm not throwing shade on my dad. But it's like, well, of course, like, 
at the end of the day, like the the mother is the primary caregiver, and when that shit happens, like they're the ones who have to bear like the brunt of that. Yeah, but that's also why it's really important to put money in your super while you're young because of um, what's the word like a cumulative interest? That's not the compound interest. Compound interest, yeah. yeah. So the more you put in sooner, like the more that money has the chance to grow. So if you don't start putting money in your super until you're like 40, you're already so far behind. Whereas, you know, even if I'm putting in relatively small amounts now, it's just has more chance and more time to grow and build over the years. So, you know, my message listeners, don't think that just because you're young, it doesn't, you don't have to worry about your super, you do. Thanks, Katie. You're welcome. I appreciate that. Katie, what's your money yay for the week? Okay, my money yay is, I have a few little money yays. One is that I applied to join the copyright agency, which is this thing I don't really understand. It seems too good to be true. But like if you're a writer and you've published work before and if your work has ever been cited in like, I don't know, academic journals, but also like in teaching or I don't know, in any kind of weird thing, basically they have to pay you kind of royalties for the copyright, but you have to be like, you have to have joined this agency to get it. And so how it was sold to me is like, oh, you can just like get these checks in the mail. And, you know, I've written like 10,000 articles that are on the internet more in my life that like realistically someone's fucking citing them somewhere. So anyway, I applied to join it. Haven't been approved yet. Hopefully I do. Hopefully I get some money from it somewhere. But that's I was just like, amazing. That's a small thing I did that made me feel like, yeah, cool. Yeah, Good job, me. I've literally been meaning to do that, and I'm proud of you for doing it. Thank Can you. you remind me to do that, please? Um, yeah, I will. Thank you. Uh, another money, yay! I purged my wardrobe, and I mean, I just like took some stuff to swap the secondhand shop on Emory that I love and talk about often on this podcast. Um, and then I sold like one jumper that was just sitting around in my wardrobe for 80 bucks. And I was like, cool. You sold it for 80 bucks? Yeah. <gasps> and I only bought it for like half of that. No offense to whoever bought it off me. but <laughs> <laughs> And I don't know. It's just like, yeah, cool. I was never going to wear that. And now that money can like go towards clothes I'm actually going to wear. Yes. So that was cool. And then my other money, yay. I can't remember if I said this this episode or not. Is that I have 85 in savings at the <gasps> did you say it in the la- last episode maybe i don't know that's really good yeah but my money nay is that i'm like out of money in my spendings account mm. and none of my invoices have been paid so i'm probably gonna have to take some of that out again but, but still that's really good congratulations katie thanks um what's my other money nay oh <laughs> Okay, so my other money nay is that I got this freelance job this week that I can't really talk about the specifics of, but um, it's a type of work that I've not really done before. And so the person that I'm doing this work for was like, yeah, yeah, just um, quote me like whatever you'd normally charge a mag for this like plus a bit more. And I was like, mm, yes. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and I don't know. Like, I just kind of plucked this figure out of the air and talked to, like, talked to a couple of people and was like, how much do you think I should charge for this? And landed at a sum of 8000 US dollars, <laughs> which in the moment seemed totally How much is that Australian? Like, more than, I don't know, a lot. Like, 11 grand, 11 and a half grand, I think it was. And, and I was just really, like, on a, like... You know, we just done that episode with Flex Mommy and I was like, know your worth, bitches. And I was just, (laughs) (laughs) whatever, I'm such a fucking dead shit. And so then I emailed this guy and I was like, "Mm, yes, 8,000 US dollars. And I was like skipping down the street. I was literally like, Josie, I was moving into a new apartment in my head. I was like, yeah, I'm going to like, once I got this eight grand, man, I'm going to like have all this space. I'm going to buy this, this and this. Like I... You know, I was fucking celebrating this money. And then, like, half an hour after I sent the email, I just started to come to the slow realization that I'd, like, massively overquoted. <laughs> <laughs> like, to a ridiculous degree. And, I don't know, we always say, or maybe we don't, but whatever. It's like, you know, ask for more and then, like, meet in the middle or whatever. Or... Yeah, but true. Yeah, but true. But then... Do they come back to you? 
Yeah. Oh no, Katie. Oh no. <laughs> and he was like, he <laughs> he phrased it very delicately. He was like, there may be jobs we work on in the future where eight thousand is the appropriate amount. Um, but he was like, normally my day rate for this is like two hundred and fifty US dollars, and this should be like three or four days of work. And I was like, ah, oh, I see. Um, okay, so why don't we just call it a thousand US dollars? <laughs> so negotiated myself down from 8,000 to 1,000 US dollars for some work but But, it's fine but at least he didn't say this won't work for us and then like ended the working relationship that's true the moral of this story is even if you overquote hilariously stupidly so much (laughs) fucking money they're not going to be like actually never mind like they're just going to tell you that's too much money and then you'll figure out the right amount of money and then you still do the job for all he knows you accidentally added another zero and you met, you're like oh i meant 800 oh silly me you know and then you're like oh a thousand perfect for all he knows i'm like the most experienced person in this country exactly <laughs> it's still, and it's still gonna be a good experience in the end yeah it's fine it's like it's still that's almost 1500 dollars australian which is like a month's rent and i'm like sick a month's rent that's yeah great for me yeah that's like the kind of passive income you're talking about it's not passive income. I'm fucking working for it. It's like a week of work. Okay, well, <laughs> I think mind. you understand what passive income is. I don't really, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest with you. Um, Josie, what yeah. are your money yays and nays? Well, I have to say my money nays first because my money yays make sense out of it. Okay, which seems counterintuitive, but mm-hmm. anyway, my biggest money nay is that someone ran into my fucking side mirror. I know. How dare they? How dare they? It's so like lucky. Classic Sydney problems. These (sighs) narrow streets, I tell ya. Well, no, it was actually. It's in Yaguna. Like it's not Sydney though. Well, it's in Western Sydney. It's like a. It it was on a wide street, is what I'm saying. The suburbs. Yeah. It's yeah. Right. Um. So that's really annoying. They didn't get the rest of my car, which is really lucky. But I just. I was just in a hippity hoppy mood, walking down the street, mm. about to get into my car, and then my side mirror is just dangling off the side. But you have insurance, right? Well, here's the thing. And then that – so I called my insurance company and I was like, what do you think the excess on something like this would be? And they quoted $695. Insurance a scam. Oh, my God. I was like – we actually – like Alex and I have a mate whose dad is a mechanic, so – I mean, I don't know how much he's going to quote for it to cost, but not $695. So then I was like, that's bullshit. Um, And then I started talking to some people at work about like how annoyed I am. And then my boss was like, how much do you pay in car insurance a month? And I was like, oh, 161. And he was like, what? That's unbelievably expensive. And I was like, is it? And he's like, yeah. And then everyone around me was like, yeah, it's unbelievably expensive. So then I started shopping around for a better deal. Um... And then I changed my – and so I, yeah, started looking around for another deal. And, like, the cheapest I could get for, like, all of my variables and stuff is, like, $100 a month. But they're for, like, a lot of no-name insurance companies. So I settled with NRMA and I'm going to pay 135 a month. So I'm still saving myself 25 bucks a month. Cool. Right? Yeah. Yeah, like, that's a, that's a $25 a month saving – Plus, I put my home and contents insurance into it as well. And now we're getting way more cover for the same amount of price. So, double win. That's cool. Can I tell you my story that you probably already know about um, when I crashed my car? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I wanted to hear it. I'll be quick. Okay. Oh, I'm looking at the clock, man. Okay. Okay. All right. So, um, I had just got my license late in life because I'm a dead shit, as previously stated. Um, and I so I was in Canberra visiting my parents. And I was like, now that I got a license, I'm just going to like <laughs> drive to this cafe, get myself breakfast, because that's what I can do. Then I can drive to Ikea. Woohoo! Like taking my parents' car. Um, drove there, cool, no problems. Went inside, had breakfast, feeling on top of the world. And then I came out just realize that I just don't really know how to like reverse a car very well and um just like reversed my car into this other car in the (gasps) but like real bad uh and then I had a panic attack and then someone a stranger had to like drive the car out of the car park for me because I was like 
I literally don't know how to get oh myself my out God. of this mess. And so I like left a note on this car with my number and I was like, call me, whatever. But, you know, not in a sexy way, just in a high cost damage to your property way. And um, <laughs> The two ways. <laughs> the two ways to give someone a new number. And um, then had to like drive it home while I was like shaking and crying the whole time. Anyway, then this dude texts me and he's like, Hey, so, um, yeah, the damage is on three panels of my car. <gasps> and because I was a P-plater, the excess for the insurance was going to be, like, so much money that it just didn't make sense. Like, I just would have had to pay it out of pocket. But then, money yay, shock money yay, I texted him because he texted me. I texted him back and I was like, oh, I'm just a wee P-plater. I was driving my parents' car. So, yeah, like, I'm not going to worry about insurance. I'll just pay it out of pocket. So, just tell me how much and I'll just give it to you or whatever. And he just like never texted me back. Like, I just think no. he like took pity on me and was like, don't worry about it. What? Yeah. And I like looked him up on Facebook and he's just like this old dad from Yas. Oh, I know. So it's just him. like, like I actually get he stressed like talking about it. Deal. Like knock on wood. Cause I still f- have this fear that like, like five years later, I'm going to get a text from this guy being like, hey, where's my thousand bucks? <laughs> but like that was he like... He listens to Frugal forever. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was like, like I'm actually too afraid to drive since then because that's like, it can cost you so much money if something goes wrong. It can cost you so much fucking money if something goes wrong. And yeah. also just like insurance in general costs so much. Rego costs so much. Yeah. It all costs so... You, so much. But do you want to hear a joke, right? I yeah, I'd love one. <laughs> Not a funny one. (laughs) A funny one or a bad one, the two ones. Um, I could see I'm on this like kick. I don't know if I've talked about it. Please stop me if I've talked about this on the podcast before. But I've been on this real environmental kick, so I wanted to look so up. You've been talking about all episodes. No, this story I'm about to say. So I wanted to look up how much it would cost if I caught the train and the bus to work rather than to drive to work. Yeah. Have I mentioned this? No. So. It's 11 kilometers from my house to my work uh-huh. driving. Uh-huh. It would cost me, it costs, it costs me $3 in petrol there and back uh-huh. a day, uh-huh. which is pretty good. It would cost me $10.40 in public transport costs to take the bus and the train. Yeah, man, public transport is expensive. It's fucked. And like, obviously, yeah, yeah like you count in retro and car insurance and all that kind of stuff. But I've got to pay that anyway because I live in the suburbs. So I have to have a car to get mm. around. Mm. it's just like you're damned if you do you're damned if you don't you mm. know yeah well on that note Josie um <laughs> stay wrap it up. <laughs> oh like rate review subscribe oh yeah please rate review subscribe I mean if you've made it this far in the episode come on just just do it throw us a bone guys you can now follow us on Twitter as well we've got a Twitter account that I've not tweeted from yet yeah I don't support this Twitter account well, we need one. We need a presence, but this is an offline conversation. <laughs> Join the Facebook group. And That's follow us on Instagram. And follow us on Instagram. Um, and then maybe next week we'll have an email address for you that you can email. We can get all fronts. Of, Damn. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. Stay frugal. Thanks. Bye. Bye.